0: James for three, bang, at the buzzer, yes! oh, oh. give a lift, give it a lift, a anything's possible, anything's possible, we're talking about practice. Welcome to another episode of the Buckets and Beards podcast, coming to you a bit late due to old Fossil over here having COVID. Over the weekend, um, but we're back with another episode and with me as always is George. It's
1: good to see you back on your feet. COVID knocked you flat for there for a few days and your voice was trash.
0: Yeah, who knew COVID was still a thing? I know, right?
1: But there was no way we could have possibly recorded last week. Like, A, I don't want to get sick, but B, your
0: voice was heinous. Yeah. I was, I was not in a good way for a couple have, of days. We would have scared there. away
1: our 17
0: listeners that we have, so it's a good Hey, hey, I was about to say, I think we're almost up to 500 streams Sick. over all platforms, which not... isn't too bad for two Muppets from Adelaide. Exactly, so... I was about
1: to say the same thing. Not bad for a couple of Muppets that are just mucking around with a microphone.
0: Yeah, but um, I guess we should uh, just get into our first segment here and I'll uh, play the intro music. Thank you very much. If you want a refreshing drink, I will tell you to drink it. No matter what that cucumber says, Right,
1: man, say it. No. All right. Welcome to your your favourite segment of the show here, Foss. Oh, I love these drinks, mate. I love them. All right. So I've got something special for you today. Now, we've had we've had a couple of good ones of late. We haven't really had any trash ones since the A&W route. Warhead ones were a surprise. Yeah, they were surprisingly good. And you you can't go wrong with Fanta last year, And we had a
0: request uh, on the Instagram for the Fanta, the blue Fanta. Sitting
1: in the fridge too, so you can take that with you. Um, So you just said, you know, whoever thought COVID was still a thing. Now I found a drink that I went, wow, whoever thought this would be a thing. So... Today's very unofficial drink sponsor is brought to you by Mentos. Now, Mentos. I'm, Mentos. Now, I'm going to let you take your pick. Oh, now, God. Now, do you want apple soda kick or a fruity mix? The pink can I'll, or the I'll, green I'll can? I'll be fruity. I'll be fruity. fruity. I'll fruity today. Treat yourself.
0: And for people that don't are questioning this, I do not see the drinks before they're handed to me. No, they here hidden, in they the are, shoe room.
1: They are hidden in my fridge before we come up to the shoe room, so that we can. Uh, Enjoy some sort of delicious Mentos beverage that you knew was the thing. Oh, it smells. This just smells like any sort of apple-flavoured
0: beverage. interesting.
1: And it is not bubbly at all. It tastes like apple juice. Yeah, mine
0: tastes like... Yeah, berries. Berry juice. All right. No fizz. No fizz whatsoever. I was was expecting a lot of fizz. Look on the can. Non-sparkling drink. Ah, yep. Probably should have read it first.
1: So... With uh, this jelly bites in it apparently, or some ch- trash.
0: So yeah, look, got to shake it well. We didn't shake them at all. I didn't even know we meant shake them. Oh well. Yeah, maybe read the can next week. Yeah. But details. Not not a, hor- hor- not a horrible beverage. Just just a like a juice. It's just a it's juice. Berry juice, and yours is an apple juice. And I got an apple juice because we're children tonight. And maybe it'll help with your COVID. So, uh Well, we should probably put a vote out as well. Do you reckon we should start making some intro music for for like our regular segments? Yeah, absolutely. Like we've got our regular drinks intro. So maybe we should make like a top three intro. I think we probably need that and I reckon we just jump straight into it
1: tonight as well rather than, uh, than mess around too much. So, and I'll let
0: you let you kick us off then.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll start over in the West and look, we're just going to take a real quick look at Zion. He uh, He's not looking svelte these days. Big mumba-jumba. He's, he's a big bloke. He's a big bloke. He... Um, Look, in the in-season tournament, he, he was garbage in the, the semifinal against the Lakers. Like, he, he didn't look like he was engaged at all. His performance was awful. He has come out in the media and said that he's trying to buy into the process, but his coaches are still raising concerns over his conditioning and his diet. And if you look at him on the court, he, he looks like a big dude. And yeah, you know, his game is athleticism.
0: He's always been a big dude. Yeah, even in Duke, he was a big dude, but he's bigger now. Yes. It does look like he's put on some extra muscle, but not in the places I think he needs to. No. Like, his shoulders and arms and stuff have definitely got bigger, but they didn't need to get bigger.
1: No, not at all. And you look at how physically big and imposing he is. He kind of reminds me of LeBron. Yes, like LeBron is so physically gifted, even for a dude that's nearly thirty-nine. If Zion could put in that same like effort and intensity to looking after his body, he, he would have
0: played more than forty percent of the games. But game since LeBron he was to play. Com- now, compared to LeBron in Miami, he had to cut back his weight because it yeah. was ruining his legs. Yeah, exactly. And he I think- he realized I can still be big without being massive and still get the job done.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think that's, you know, you look at someone like Shaq, who was such a dominant beast when he was younger and smaller, as opposed to the back end of his career where he was a big dude too. Yeah. If Zion wants to have a long career in the NBA, he's got to drop some kegs.
0: Oh, 100%. Simple as that. And he did come out after that when there was criticism of his weight and that, and I think he dropped about 36 points yeah, he or had something a, he, in a couple of days after that loss. He had a big game yesterday uh, against Minnesota um,
1: where the Pels got, got the win there. And, and, you know, that's sort of... But because
0: and... of his fitness, he probably won't back that up with well, another that, big game.
1: That's going to be the question is, can he back it up or did he gas himself doing that one? But on the plus side it is good to see him on the court he's not injured he does need to get some more rebounds for a power forward but he's still explosive which is amazing to see
0: and I think the last explosive player like that probably would have been like a Charles Barkley ah the round mound of round rebound. mound of rebound yeah. which if you haven't listened to it go back and uh, listen to our 80s all-star 5 uh, as we did talk a bit about the round mound of rebound in that one absolutely alright what have you got for us Foss um, I'm going a, I'm a bit different this okay, week, okay. and I just want to talk about the evenness of the NBA at the moment. Talk to me. And how both conferences are about equal at the moment. Like, normally, for a very long time, especially in the 90s, the early 2000s, um, even the 2010s, the West was considered the harder uh, conference. Agreed. But now the East, East is stepping up. and um, I'm not sure whether this changed over today or yesterday, but um, before that, it was pretty even between the east and the West with 36 wins uh, for the West and 35 for the East um, over interconference games um, so far and we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, we have hit that quarter way, Mark. So. And in the most recent top 10 power rankings, there's five teams in the top 10 from each conference.
1: Yeah, it's very, very even at the moment. It, and- there is that still that big discrepancy between like, you know, rich and poor essentially. Like yep. the good teams are really good, and the bad teams are
0: really bad. Because you know, you look at Detroit; they've lost twenty games in a row in the East. And Wingstop's then... giving out free chicken if they actually win a game. Amazing. Um, but then you also got San Antonio in the West that have lost seventeen in a row. Yes. So you do. You do have that. That. Uh, balance. Which is hard to see the black and silver losing so many.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Or are they tanking again?
0: Mm-hmm. But that's Maybe another conversation.
1: That, that, that's where my head goes. But that's,
0: I just wanted to talk about how even it is and how great it is to see both conferences doing well and having teams that are playing well uh, against each other.
1: Oh, right, completely agree. makes it for a much more entertaining competition. All right, let's have a quick talk about the Lakers. I know we don't like talking about big teams because it annoys us, but they're the first winners of the in-season tournament Anthony Davis should have been MVP of that. He got ripped off. When you drop 41
0: points, but it's 20 rebounds. MVP of the tournament, not yeah, the I last know. game. I know, but... He did go missing in a couple of their uh, lead-up games. It was always going to go to LeBron, let's be honest.
1: But in the final, AD had a huge game. Reeves was awesome. Vincent's still injured for the Lakers, but Cam Reddish has really stepped up. LeBron's LeBron and an absolute beast on both ends of the court. delo has been sneaky efficient at the moment.
0: But the Lakers are winning on defense. And we, we'll we we'll touch on this later on in this podcast. But I feel like they are hitting their stride. This is what we've been saying from the start of this mm. season is that the Lakers get healthy. People need to watch out because they do have solid players in there like AD when he's healthy. LeBron's going to do his thing. Um, Cam Reddish is getting his opportunity and is actually showing that he can be a valid defender on a team, not just a scorer, but a defender as well.
1: Well, that's the thing. The Lakers can't shoot a lick. Their, their three-point shooting is almost the worst in the league. Like, it's atrocious. Yeah. But they're winning games with their defense. Yep. And it's it's great to see, like, as you said, AD fit and healthy is dominating. Yeah. And the role players are doing their
0: roles. It's 20 crazy. rebounds in a game, mate. That's oh, no easy feat. In oh, the 100%. Game.
1: The last player to drop, more than 40 points, 20 rebounds, and five assists for the Lakers was Wilt Chamberlain in the 70s. Yeah. Like, that's that's impressive from AD. Um,
0: but I did hear uh, on NBA Today the other day that uh, they have actually put Delo on the trading block. Look, it wouldn't
1: surprise me because I feel like he's the sort of player that you can cover for at the moment. And if
0: they're but... expecting Vincent to come back, who I think would be a better defender yeah. than Delo. I think then, I think they're just going to need shooting. So yeah. They need shooting around LeBron and, and AD doing what they do. And on that note, also, my next point here, it's not really about the NBA or the East, but I just want to talk about Bronny James playing yeah. his first college game on, uh, I think it was Sunday our time, or was it Monday or was it Tuesday? I don't know. I don't know. I've lost track of days because of COVID. I think
1: think it was Monday.
0: I lost track because of COVID, but I did see highlights of the game. Um, He only played 16 minutes coming off the bench after his cardiac arrest. Which is Um, completely fair. Four points, three rebounds, uh, two assists, and one massive athleticism of a block, just like his old man. (laughs) Um, And LeBron was there watching it, being the great father that he is. Um, I does. think he paid about $56,000 per ticket, front row ticket to the game, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous for a college basketball game. Absolutely, it is. Um, but I just like to seeing him out there because I think he actually has a lot of potential. He works hard. He's got his, that work ethic from his old man. Um, and I just want to see what he can do at that college level and see whether he can make it to the NBA. Look, I think... Based on his name
1: and based on the fact
0: that Bron's coming... Oh, out he's going to get me, drafted, no yeah, worries, that, because he's, his name is LeBron James Jr. Yeah, and I think because... But Bron whether he's a good player in the NBA is another thing. That's Where absolutely... I, I, I think going overseas might have been yeah. a better fit for Bronny myself, but being the first one from the LeBron James family to go to university... Absolutely. I huge. think is a massive step forward yeah. for their whole community and their whole family, but... um. Yeah, I just want to see what he can do. I want to see him playing decent minutes in college as a freshman because he's not going to he's going to be one and done. He's not yeah, going to well, hang he's is. not going to hang around absolutely. more than a year. Um even if he goes late in the first round. No, absolutely. Um, I completely agree. I think
1: it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do at college. All right. We're going to jump back to the West and speak about someone who's coming back to the West, which is Ja Morant. Oh,
0: yes. So he's coming up.
1: Yeah, so because we're about the you know 25% of the season done, Jar had his 25-game suspension. Um, as of yesterday, Memphis had played 22 games. So three more games, they can have Jar back on the court. What does this mean for Memphis? It's fair to say they suck right now. Their it, season's a write-off, mate. I'm it, not, it really I'm, is.
0: Jar, I'm, not, I'm just going to put this out there. Yeah. Jar coming back is not going to save this season.
1: Look, they're definitely going to win more games. There's no question about it. But when you lose so many players to injury, as well as having your best, easily your best player suspended for 25 games, your season's cooked.
0: And arguably one of the better players in the whole NBA. When he's on his game. He is one of my favorite players to watch. He's so explosive and so dynamic on the court. I liked him last year, though, because he was shooting a decent clip. As well, I just think he, he worked the, on his jump shot. He hard. did. He's he's definitely. It's still improving. not a pretty jump shot, no. but it goes in. Definitely improving, but
1: like yeah, their defense hasn't been awful without him. They're eleventh in the league in defensive rating, but they are twenty eighth in the league for offensive rating. Like
0: that, that's just Desmond Bain good. struggled at the start of the year without him,
1: and he's the only one who's been able to do anything consistently. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how much it changes. I don't think it's going to be a huge amount, but they're definitely going to win more games at the back end of the season. Yes,
0: and they, they might even sneak into the playoffs. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Um, my next one here is my New York Knickerbockers. And we might be coming up to a bit of a problem. What are we talking about? Mitchell Robinson is going in for ankle surgery and he's going to be out for the next two months. Look, I going- talked about on our last cast about how good they were and how Mitchell Robinson was playing that role. He wasn't shooting threes, he's protecting the key. We we're one of the best rebounding teams out there. And we talked about possibly trading some people like Jericho Sims off the bench and stuff. But that, that i like that's gonna leave us short. If there's an injury, we're screwed. And guess what? And guess what? There's an injury.
1: So no I think I think you're right. Like it's a big chunk of the season for for him to miss. But they've got Hardenstein to come in and replace him and they've kept Jericho Sim so look they can cover it but they might need to go shopping and find yeah. another
0: Hardenstein's going to come into start the starting lineup yeah. we all know that and he's taken on that role as that bruiser he's going to protect the paint he's going to get his fouls he's going to get his rebounds he'll get a couple of points i think he dropped like 22 or something the other day which yeah. was good to see um and Jericho Sims is still young. I'm pretty sure Jericho Sims is still only like 21, 22. Yeah, he's young. And so this is going to be good for his development and just give him an opportunity to get out there and play minutes. Because with uh, Hartenstein and Robinson playing the way they were, Jericho Sims was playing like trash minutes. In, yeah, in garbage, the games, garbage. garbage, garbage minutes. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I'm, not, I'm as a Knicks fan, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him over the next week or two to see whether we're going to start to struggle
1: look i i think you'll be okay i think you'll be okay all right one more i know i've already done three but i'm just throwing this out there really quickly because he's an aussie dude dante exum has had an like a pretty awesome last little run last couple of weeks he's finally got an opportunity with kyrie being hurt josh green being hurt
0: he got he got injected in that starting lineup even when kyrie was still there yep and look, he's been playing well
1: over the last four games. Like he's well, the first one of those wasn't
0: amazing. He only had five point six rebounds, seven assists. But hey, after that's that, that's not bad still. But after that, they, he's did, been they playing... didn't need him to score that game. So I'm pretty sure that was the one Luca went off for like forty one. Yeah, probably seven hundred points for Luca.
1: But since then, yeah, he's playing you know thirty three, thirty five minutes a game, and he's been scoring much more efficiently. Like today, he had twenty six points and seven of nine triples. Like huge he's t- huge he's taken his opportunity and he's absolutely run with it he's putting stats in across the board like he's getting boards he's getting dimes
0: he's p- he's playing defense like it's it's awesome to see and yeah and the nba is very much about opportunity it's being ready on the bench and waiting for that opportunity you might not be in the rotation you might be good enough but once you get that opportunity you need to show that you are there and I've talked to you about this, about going to Europe was probably one of the best things Dante could have done because he got to work on his body and develop that strength, that coming straight out of high school, pretty much in Australia, voided going to the pros, going to college, just went straight into the draft. Um, His body wasn't ready. No, An 82-game season, and it showed with all the constant injuries he was getting. And going over to Europe, they play maybe one, two games a week. So he has lots of rest in between. He can go to the gym, he can build up his body. Exactly. And uh, we talked about sitting on the couch, um, how good his shot has gotten. So that much better. Be- so much better. We're watching it and we're like, oh, it's still not perfect. But the top bit, his release yeah, is good. Like the lead up to the release, not, not, so. not technically right. But yeah. hey, the last little bit and yeah. they're going in. Yeah, oh, look. And so right today,
1: seven from nine from three. Which is insane
0: for him. But yeah, he's he's put up some
1: good numbers. It'll be just really interesting to see if he can continue with it.
0: And yeah, respect to another Aussie doing well, especially yeah. with Josh Green going down for him. No, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That was the conclusion I walked up with this morning. Why? Thanks for that little break there, LeBron. Now, over the weekend, obviously, had COVID. But there was another big thing that happened... That we should probably talk about now that it's all said and done, and that is the in-season tournament. I think it's very important that we talk about it. And my personal opinion, it was very good for the NBA. Very good. When it first was announced, everybody was a bit skeptical, and everyone was a bit like confused about what was going on and whether it would actually work. Oh, I
1: must admit, I was skeptical. I was like, "Why? Why is, are they doing this?" But you look at it and go, "It, it really." Got everyone's
0: attention. Yeah. And to have that intensity in a basketball game or series of games Mm. in December, November, December, like we're not even close to the playoffs yet. And teams are out there with fighting like intensity. Dude, it was more interesting
1: to watch some of these games, especially like the last round of games. uh, And the like... I know some of the comments are kind like the Elite Eight, but like the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. Dude, those sorts of games were way more interesting to watch than the All-Star game. Yeah, like you lose, you're out. I think the fact that they did the finals in Vegas was cool too. Yeah, neutral court. Neutral courts, but also they're obviously there's obviously big discussions about Vegas getting their own team. So if they can bring games there and get big crowds and get a lot of interest there... Then you know that's one of those things
0: that's going to and bode I, well for a franchise there in the future. I don't think that you saw the cup presentation. No, I but didn't. I, I watched the cup presentation, and when Silva handed it to LeBron, he goes, "Unfortunately, it doesn't come with a franchise." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's that's already putting it out there that LeBron wants to be the All owner." Right.
1: LeBron's made no no secret of that. But no, the the coverage that I was watching as soon as the game was finished, it actually cut to the UFC. So I didn't yeah, right. see I didn't see any of the presentation, but I think that the concept, yeah, as you say, initially people were like, "Wow, really? Why?" But as soon as you got out there, yeah, the courts were a little bit different. That got your attention. The jerseys were different again. That got your attention. But when you've got essentially teams trying to run up the score towards the back end of the tournament because it would allow them to to make the next round and qualify, like that's great to watch. Like I know there was a little bit of back and forth between. I think it was the Bulls coach and the Celtics coach about the Celtics because they needed to win by a certain amount to qualify for the next round. Hacker Drummond. Yeah, exactly. Hacker Drummond, mate. Exactly. And you're looking at that going, who does that in November, December? But it added a lot of intrigue to the game. And Um, and look, I think the Lakers were deserving winners. I did watch the final. Um, Indiana were amazing. Like, welcome to
0: the NBA, Indiana. They're in the conversation now. And look, they're still probably one or two pieces or one or two seasons away from making a decent run. But they did beat off the Bucks and Boston on their way to the final. So- oh,
1: 100%. And look, I think it's probably something we'll, we'll talk about off air, but also probably talk about next week is sort of like a, a bit of an update of where teams are at at the moment. But like my Hawks have been trash so far this season. But Indy
0: have been good. And welcome to the Franchise Player Conversation, absolutely. Tyrese Hallis- Halliburton. Absolutely. We've talked about him a couple of times on here, the smiling assassin, out there having fun. and But he came out in the media and was just like, I'm sick of losing. I want to be part of a winning team, and it's on my back to do it. And he showed that in the in-season tournament.
1: He absolutely did. And look, again, they weren't disgraced in the final. They pushed the Lakers no. the whole way. It was just a huge game from the Lakers' big three players in AD LeBron and, and Reeves. And like, Reeves. Reeves has really worked his way into the conversation of being deserving of his contract he got in the offseason. He started out really slowly, mm. probably a bit team Coming off the bench has been best for him. It's been a huge change for him. But like I said, back to Indy, like, there's been so much talk probably the last two years about Miles Turner and Buddy Hill being traded. Yeah. But they've, they've just kept going. Heald's been shooting really well. Miles Turner okay he couldn't stop AD on during the final but not many when, not many people can That's when what AD I was going to say. Yeah you took the words right out of my mouth like when AD's playing like that not
0: many players out there can slow him down. But I feel like the whole concept of the in-season tournament could have gone the total opposite direction. It could have it could have bombed without buy-in from players. Absolutely and like, teams.
1: you know I know LeBron made comments in the media about, oh, you know, there's 500 grand on the line, da, 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 da. But ultimately, LeBron, he's got more money than he knows what to do with. He do not care about that. But he- no, but he's
0: like, he knows the value of $500,000. But not only that, LeBron, it's his legacy. So
1: for yeah. LeBron to be able to go, I did that first, like, that's a huge thing for him. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think, obviously you didn't see this, but I think he said it best in his uh, interview when after he got his um, MVP trophy... He was like, to have basketball of this quality at this time of year is great for us as a team Mm. because there's people on our bench who have never played playoff basketball. They don't know what that type of basketball is and how intense it can get. So to them to have that experience now is going to be massive for us down the track.
1: But you just said too, Indiana, you look at, yes, they're probably a player or a season or two away from really pushing it in the East. That's huge experience for these guys.
0: Oh, massive experience.
1: Like Indy Indy run a pretty small lineup. Like a lot of the times it's four guards and Obi Top and all four
0: guards and Miles Turner. Like they probably need And T J McConnell was playing a bit. He came in the last two games because they had an injury, yeah. um hyper extended knee to um, a player who I can't think of right now, but T J McConnell. Either way, like No Math is
1: still was playing. playing. So they need someone or something.
0: Yes. Um, but and people tuned in. People tuned into this game as well. People like, to watch. It was the most highly watched regular season basketball game in the NBA ever that wasn't on Christmas Day.
1: Which is amazing, isn't it? Like you said, it's for a huge. Ran- random game in December.
0: Yeah. And look, I'm all for it. Like, I reckon they could tweak it a little bit moving forward. I feel what like- What would you do? Um, That's a later question because like as much as I did enjoy it, I reckon it could be improved and they're going to they're gonna tweak it. You know, they're always going to come back next year and go, hey, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Um,
1: I think the one thing that they need to look at is to try and find a way with the seedings. Yeah. Because when you're looking at you know plus minus and scores and those sorts of things, you do get teams just trying to run up the score. Yeah. Now is that the fairest way to do it? I don't know. It's entertaining to watch. It, it is, and that's, and that's the
0: th- what NBA is all about. Exactly mate, right. So
1: that that's the thing. If they look at that and go, Nut, nah, we're happy with that." Wicked. Do they look at playing? Um, you know, like the the finals next year, less Seattle or yeah, yeah. You know, Memphis, you know, somewhere that doesn't get a lot of that quality basketball potentially. Like, is there something like that they can do to keep Taking spend? it
0: overseas? Playing like yeah. their Mexico game or something.
1: Play them in London or something London, like that. Yeah. Can they o- ex- o- to Arena? Yep. Can they look to yeah develop that side of the game further? Sydney, as well? Australia, Homebush. Oh,
0: why, why not bring those games over here? NBA, if you're listening, if <laughs> probably not.
1: Yeah, Adam Silver, do it. The courts were interesting. The courts are certainly something that got a little bit of attention in the press. And, and it, probably it was, it was a little bit of criticism
0: there. I think um, it's just... It was good. Pol- it was different, though. It yeah, got your attention. Yeah.
1: I think that was the thing. Like It was a little bit polarizing because it was so vastly different to what we normally see. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you've got a bright red court and an orange basketball, that can be a little bit tricky or... Uh, I think the Lakers once were wearing black uniforms on their black and purple courts and it made it a little bit tricky. Yeah, it was see, a bit hard so. to see the players sometimes. Yeah. So I think um, those sorts of things, they might need to be tweaked a little bit. But That's it's a just re- prior planning, though. Oh, 100%. And it's a really cool concept, I think. But even you know the different jerseys, you look at that from a league standpoint, you go, we're going to sell more jerseys, yeah. making more money. Like It's not a bad thing at all. As you mentioned just a minute ago, the TV ratings if that's a selling point for the NBA moving forward in TV negotiations, hey, we've got this tournament that gets a lot of attention. It's, it's all positive for we the sh- league. We surely
0: aren't the only ones, though, that when we turn it on as well, we're like, oh, it must be an in-season tournament game. Because you know straight away.
1: Yeah, you know straight away. Like, I think Boston asked if they could keep their parquet floor in the NBA. Yeah, we, we've talked about that. Yeah, but they, they said that. no. And But it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense that they go, no, we're going to keep it all the same for all the tournament games. Yeah keeps it consistent and as you say as soon as you turn on the tv you go bang i know what that is
0: mm. and let us know what you think about uh, the in-season tournament and how it went this season um we do have a new facebook page as well buckets and beards um as well as our regular instagram and we've been posting on each um but once this episode drops i'll put up a post and uh comment on it and let us know what you thought of the in-season tournament bang! all right so we touched on this a bit in our last podcast that we were going to do a bit of a spotlight on another team. We've gone, we've done the Magic, the Warriors, and now we're moving on to... Hey, don't the, forget
1: the Bulls. We slagged on the Bulls
0: for a good 10, 15 minutes. We did. it. Yes, I did forget about the Bulls. We did talk about the Bulls too. Because um, they are garbage. But a team... That are awesome. That are awesome at the moment. And I quite frankly think, are sliding under the radar. They're flying under the radar. I've mucked up that saying. No, they're flying. Just roll with it. um, (laughs) But Minnesota Timberwolves. Dude, the Timberwolves are sneaky good.
1: Sneaky good. Sneaky good. Like I said, they're under the radar. No one's talking about them in the West because everybody talks about Denver because they're the defending champions. Warriors because they got Steph. Lakers because of LeBron. The Clippers because... We're not going to even talk about the Clippers. But the Spurs cause of Wemby. But like we
0: have touched on Ant-Man being legit these days a but that's of times all we've touched up. on. Yep, that's all we've talked about for them. Um and it's definitely worth for having those, a closer look. That aren't paying close attention to the standings. They're number one in the West. Yes, they are. And I had this I was having a conversation um with a colleague the other day. And I was just like, oh, Minnesota Timberwolves, what the hell? Where have they come from and stuff? And he goes, what do you mean? And they're like, they're number one in the West. He goes, no, they're not. And I'm like, they are. Like, look it up. They are legit number one in the West. Dude,
1: they're, they're two games clear. Nobody's talking about. No. Like, at the moment, people will talk about the Thunder for some perhaps reasons that we're not going to go into, but they're getting attention. Like we said, you know, Nuggets, Lakers, Clippers, the big three in Phoenix, all of yep. these teams are getting talked about. Minnesota is 17-5. Yes. Like, they are flying along. It's crazy. They've, they've won eight of their last 10 games. They're 10-1 and one at home.
0: And six of them are with Ant-Man out with a hip injury, too. Yeah. And that's so the thing, like, they're playing they're, well. They're holding up even without him.
1: Yep. Like, I know they got rolled by the Pelicans in their last game in New Orleans, and yep. that's when Zion had a, a point to prove, and, and he, he proved it. But if you have a look at some of the deepest statistics for Minnesota... They're fifth in the league in rebounds. They're third in the league in blocks. Like Defensively, they have the best rating in the NBA. Rudy Gobert is a big part of that.
0: And he is playing probably the best
1: basketball of his career. He's doing what they brought him in to do. When they gave up so many pieces and so many draft picks to get him from Utah. I feel
0: like last year when he came to Minnesota there was a lot of pressure on him to be the star. I think so. And, and th- he got that in his head. I'm here. They paid a lot of money for me. I have to be the star of this team. And he couldn't do it. He's not... That's not his
1: role. Like, I think you're right. I think that's the pressure that he put on himself. But that is not his role in that team. Because you've got... you arguably- will always
0: be third string, fourth yeah. string... Yeah. ...behind your Ant-Man and your Big Cat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. Like, Cat is a better big man in that he has that all-round game, whereas Rudy's job is to get 10, 12 rebounds a game, score 10 to 15 points a game, and block three or four shots. If he can do that day in, day out, that's amazing for them.
0: And my friend uh, Hinchy who Shout is out our Hinche. number one listener Nor- over in, in Norway... Norway. <laughs> um, I actually hit him up on Instagram the other day and I was like, hey man, send us over some points about your team because he has been a long invested T-Wolves fan um, and I've just got a couple of points from him and one of them is that he's like, Ant-Man is a superstar and it's he the is. first genuine one that T-Wolves have had since KG. Yeah. And I, I know, 100% agree with what he said there.
1: Oh, I completely agree.
0: Next point is the dual big man rotation combo of Gobert, Towns, and Reed is legit now a strength and not a weakness on both offense and defense. Yeah. And that figured is it a out. great point. Nas Reed is coming in and playing decent minutes off their bench. They they went after Nas Reed.
1: Yeah. They they paid him well in the offseason. And you know, he's doing his job now. they figured out this rotation. And there's
0: no there's no missed minutes. If one of them's on the bench, the other two are on the court, and they're, they're all playing well together. They absolutely are. And that is a great point. Um, Townsend Reed are the only players in the 50-40-90 club this season. Which is insane. Yep. And as you just touched on, uh, Hinch has also said this, that uh, their defense is sustainable due to not only uh, Gobert playing the way that he is, but also how much the wing defenders... Uh, playing as well, and I told you this today is um, the Ant Man is a two-way player. 100 percent, he is
1: absolutely. He and wants what... to
0: be like Jordan. He wants to be the best wing defender on the court, as well as the guy that's going to take that last shot for you.
1: And more often than not, that is exactly what he is doing. Like you look at you look at some stats across the board. Ants scoring twenty-four points a game, but you know six rebounds, five dimes. Big Cat is 22 points a game with nine rebounds and three assists. Rudy's 13 points and 12 rebounds a game. Like, that's good scoring numbers from your big three. Great rebounding numbers. Yeah. They've got six players scoring in double figures every game, like average. Well, Jay McDaniels is 9.8, but I'm being generous and rounding that to 10. You know, like... Quick maths. Yeah, quick maths. But yeah, that's fantastic. Like, that's a deep team. Like you said, you, know, you had Nas Reed into there. You had Mike Conley doing his thing. Like, they're a really
0: good, solid team. Mike Conley, who I could not think of in the trivia the other day. That sunk
1: me. Look, the other thing that I noticed when I was doing my research for this is that the Wolves only average about 113 points a game. You know, most teams on any given night, you know, against maybe not the best opposition, can put up 120 points. It's not too tricky. But
0: they don't need to put up 120 points with their defense.
1: That's the thing. They're only allowing 106 points per game. Yeah. Like, every night, they got a six-point head start on every team that they're playing against.
0: Yeah, and when you've got the Stifle Tower in the middle, like, that's going to happen.
1: But like you just mentioned, when you've got the three bigs that are just rolling through those positions, there's no respite for the other team. McDaniels is just getting better. Yeah, and he's not hasn't punched a wall he hasn't in a punched while. a wall in a while. So that's a win. But you, you know, you mentioned Indiana before, right? And we were saying that you know they're often playing four guards, one center, yeah. or a power forward. These guys have got three legitimate centers that are good. Yeah, like that's no respite. There's no penetration into the paint consistently against a team
0: like that. But if you talk to Big Cat, though, he is he's a the, generational player and will change the game.
1: He is the best shooting big man in the history of the NBA, according to himself.
0: Yes, but... Which he really isn't, but... I've I've talked about this and how they need to get rid of Big Cap because they need to build around Ant-Man, but now I've actually changed my tune. Yeah. I'm going to eat my words on that one.
1: Look, I think a lot of people thought that too last season because they really did struggle, but cat couldn't get on the court. And when he did, he was playing on half a leg because his calf was cactus. So I think the fact that they've got a full preseason under their belt, they've got a really good coach in Chris Finch. Yeah. Like, they've figured it out. And now, as you just said, ant hasn't played the last half a dozen games, and they're still winning. Yeah. So they've got
0: a system that works. They've all bought into the system. I was about to say that exact same word, the buy-in. Yeah. Their whole team has bought into the system.
1: Absolutely. And you know, you look at some of the other big teams in the league. You, know, you look at a Warriors or you look at a, a Milwaukee. You know, I, I can say to you, Foss, name me eight players on those teams, and you could probably name 12. Yeah. But if I said to you, name you know, all the players on the roster of, of the Wolves, once you get past Nazarene and Jane McDaniels on the bench, who else is
0: there? I could not want name an extra player for you. No,
1: I'm with you. I couldn't either until I did my research today. But prior to that, I wouldn't have had a clue.
0: And I'll admit, I'll admit, when I'm scrolling my NBA League pass and I'm looking at games to watch, I see the T-Wolves t- come up. And this is why I'm saying they're just flying under that radar. Like, I don't go, oh, I should watch them. Like, they're doing really well at the moment and stuff. I always look at and go, nah, next game. Oh, and, and I and, and, but doing. I think I'm going to have to make an effort to actually sit down and learn some of their other players. Look, they've
1: got a really big game on Friday. They're playing Dallas. Our time? Yeah, Friday our time, midday. Yeah. Like, if they can knock them off, like, that's another big scout because uh, Dallas is sitting third. Uh, and it'll be good worst. to watch
0: uh, Exum play there as well yeah. if he's still starting
1: yeah okay, here you go i've literally just brought up the team list for the t Wolves. shake milton he's on the team kyle, oh yeah kyle they Anderson. went after milton yeah kyle anderson's still there other, Slow than, that, mo. other than that no i don't even recognize the rest of the players a few players play some garbage minutes but oh nikolai alexander walker he's there oh
0: yeah but won, that... a, won a bronze medal for canada
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Troy Brown Jr., who's got a really bad beard. But, yeah, they got some good, good talent on that team. But just, yeah, sneaky good. Sneaking under the radar,
0: beating good teams, and winning at home. And when we're talking about eating our words, uh, we did talk about how Denver, this is changing topics a little bit, mm. were the no-fuss team. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as we did that... Joker got ejected. And what's happened today? Joker got tossed for using a
1: derogatory term at a referee, teched and tossed straight away.
0: Yeah, like that's pretty harsh for a former MVP to be booted out of a game for one technical. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like the, the NBA came out and said it was because of the uh, MFR, term that he used in yep. reference to the umpire and that was enough to warrant being tossed look
0: I get that you can't say that and especially it's a it's superstar hurt. league and I'm sure there is other superstars in the past that have said worse things to referees but yeah like I feel like we've had a few friends uh, like Todd was on here the other day and that that is like you need to talk about the reffing you need to talk about the reffing and stuff but I'm just like I don't think we should touch on it that much
1: I don't know enough about the officiating, so I don't want to talk about it. But the only thing I have to say is that if LeBron had said that, would he have been
0: tossed? And that is what I'm trying to say. That's and the point I'm trying to get at. I know when,
1: like you said, with Todd, he was here and he was talking about Chris Paul and Scott Foster having beef and all this sort of stuff. I think it gets blown out of proportion. I think the only thing we could talk about if we want to talk about umpiring is the, the dude that was help, helping the mafia bet on games. Like that's something we could maybe talk great about. Great
0: documentary if you have great
1: it. documentary on Netflix. Um, but as far as the, the officiating in the current games, I don't want to touch it.
0: No. And we're not gonna go into the officiating too much because at the end of the day, we're not over there, we're not professional media people, we're not talking to the higher ups of the NBA about what they're expecting from their umpires. But we're not
1: also we're not watching every game either. So we don't see all of that stuff. You see exactly. one isolated incident where Joker gets tossed. Now, for all I know, because I haven't seen the game, for the 10 minutes prior to that, he was in that ref's ear. Yeah. And the ref might have just he gone. He's probably I've had niggling at him the ball. whole time. Yeah, exactly. So there's, surely there's more to it. Um, it is interesting when the like two-minute reports come out and you see if little mistakes have been made and things like that. But ultimately, even if there is a mistake made in the last two minutes of a game, that shouldn't cost a team a victory because there's going to be a thousand other things they could have done
0: earlier in the game well. And we've we've played some pretty high-level basketball we ourselves, have. but what's one thing that our coaches always said to us when we were playing? Uh, the most, you played, play to the referee. Yeah, you play to the referee. You've got ref- to play to the referee. Whatever the referee is calling, you've got to play to.
1: Yep, and play to the whistle. The thing that annoys me the most in the NBA, especially with the superstars, is where they think they've been fouled, they just turn and bitch at a ref, and you're like, your team is now disadvantaged because you're carrying on.
0: I don't see that happening as much these days, oh, but it used to happen a fair bit. Just watch a Lakers game, see what LeBron does. Yeah, but that's LeBron. He's he's Mr. Flop, Mr. Sook.
1: He's we've different... all seen the memes. Look, LeBron's a, a Lauren to himself in the NBA these days. Yeah. But we've gone on a massive tangent from talking about Weird the boy. T-Wolves. Um, look, I think they're a very interesting team to watch. I don't know if they'll be able to sustain this all year. I don't think that they'll make a huge amount of noise in the playoffs. Just because you're going to have, presumably, Phoenix firing on all cylinders with their big three if they can get them all on the court. The Lakers doing what they do. If Denver can get healthy. The Warriors are a little bit of an unknown commodity at the moment. I hope Sacramento can can do what they did last year because they were awesome. OKC have been really good. Like I think an OKC versus Minnesota
0: final series would be awesome to watch. And yeah, like I'm realistically expecting them to finish anywhere... From four to eight, yeah, agreed. agreed. In the in the West, yeah, um, where if they stay healthy and they keep going, I reckon the most they could get is probably fourth seed. But they could have injuries. They could go through a patch of just not playing well. Like it's a game. It's a season of runs, really, in the NBA, and you need to time it right so that you're playing good basketball at the right time of the year. Um, and they might have peaked too early. Absolutely. But right now they're on a good run and let's enjoy it. And yeah, and if you haven't watched any of their games, I definitely am going to be sitting down to watch some of their games and I suggest that you do too. Absolutely. I'll be tuning in. And I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bucks and Beards podcast. Uh, make sure that you jump on and uh, give us a follow on the new Facebook page and jump on to the Instagram as well.
1: We've got our little sticker competition on the We on do the have our sticker competition. Thanks for doing that, Foss. Running at
0: the moment. Um, they're cool little stickers. They could have been a bit bigger, so maybe for our next batch we'll get them a little bit bigger, but they're pretty cool. And we do have another surprise coming up as well, which you'll see on an upcoming video next week, which we posted uh, on all the socials. Um, but I think that uh, brings us to the end. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity-flip.